nice to see you all this morning. Everyone wide awake. Some of us. Some not so much. Anyway, so um, I don't know if you can see this image that's going to come up behind me. I don't know if we've got the slides there. This, does anyone remember these? Yeah. Okay, we've got the old crew out this morning. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that don't recognize that, this is the Humble Car Radio, complete with mixtape, ready to go. Um, so until more recently, this was what would keep us company on a long car journey. I remember going on holiday as a kid, and we would, I don't know if you ever remember this, you tune into a radio station at home, and then as you went a few miles further from home, there'd start to be a bit of distortion, and you couldn't quite hear what was going on, so you'd have to retune the radio. And then you'd have to continually do that all the way, and if you're going down to Cornwall or something, I mean, you had no hope by the end of that. But the longer the journey, the more times you'd have to, do, to retune your radio. Um, the, the reality is the signal from that radio was always transmitting, but you couldn't always hear it because you had to tune into the correct frequency to hear the radio. And I think that's a little bit like hearing God speak. The, the reality is he's always transmitting. He's always speaking, but sometimes we're not dialed in. We can't hear him. So it's really important in life, wherever we are on our faith journey, wherever we are in life, it's important that we choose the correct frequency so that we can hear God's voice. Now this morning we're continuing our series entitled How to Hear God. And as, um, if you've been around the last few weeks, you'll know that half of this series is, is on Sundays and the other half is in small groups. Um, so in my small group, we, we met together this week we had some good times together. We, it was just good to kind of be together in a room, to be able to chat together. It was good company. We met Sister Mary. Can I get some, you know, she was amazing, isn't she? So any, if you've missed out on hearing Sister Mary speak, I'm sorry, but, but you can still come next week, okay? But she was just amazing, just hearing, uh, hearing her share, her sort of story of hearing God speak through the Bible. Um, and so if you're not yet part of a group, you can still kind of sign up for one of the groups. There are online groups, there are face-to-face -face groups uh, meeting across the week. If you're really not sure which group to join, um, Andy and team are here in Feltham, so I think John's here, John's there. So Andy, John and, and Michael, they're going to be here, and this is going to be a great safe space to just come in. But if you need some help, grab one of these cards. There should be some around on your seats. If you fill out one of those, you can take it to the connect area at the end and we will help you connect with a group that works for you. Okay, so this week we're going to be exploring, we're going to be continuing this journey, thinking about how we can hear God's word in prayer. Now, now so often I think when we think about prayer, what we think about is what we're saying. You know, we bring to God, we, we bring maybe a list of requests. Maybe you have a, a list of things, you're like, I must pray about this, these people, my family, my friends, all these kind of things. Maybe we bring our praise, our gratitude, our hopes, our dreams, even confession. And, and it's really important that we do bring all these things. But prayer is meant to be a conversation. It's a conversation between us and between God. You see, prayer is, is, is talking to and with God. It is at that. But it's also about listening to and being with him as well. Now, many years ago, Julian of Norwich, who I'm still surprised to this day is, is not a man, um, but she was a wonderful, saintly woman, 
And she said these words. She said, the whole reason why we pray is to be united into the vision and contemplation of him to whom we pray. I'm going to repeat that because there's quite a few big words in there. It helps me anyway. Um, the whole reason why we pray is to be united into the vision and contemplation of him to whom we pray. In other words, with Jesus, understanding him more, getting a bigger vision of who he is, and just being with him. So in prayer, we become more aware and deeply connected to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know if you ever feel like this, but sometimes people will come up to me and say, I'm, I'm really not very good at praying. I've got good news for us all today. I don't think prayer is something we have to get good at. But it is about creating patterns and rhythms in our life so that prayer becomes an ongoing conversation and we get to understand more of who God is and we learn to know and to hear his voice as we enter into that. So the passage we're looking at during this series is often referred to as the Emmaus Road story. It's the story of two people who on Easter Sunday walk away from Jerusalem, their hopes dashed, they are gutted. They've just seen Jesus die on a cross and they're hearing all these conflicting stories and what's going on. Um, and, and I love this story because there's so much in there. And, and Andy shared this quote last week from Tom Wright. He says that it, about this particular passage that we're going to read again today, learn to live inside this story and you will find it inexhaustible. There is so much in there. And so for that reason, I'm gonna, we're going to spend some time reading that together again today. Um, but let me pray for us again, and then we'll read this passage together. So Lord, I thank you for uh, the way that you appear to this couple on the road to Emmaus. And Lord, I want to ask there for each of us that as we listen to these words, as we ponder what we're going to share together today, would you be speaking to us? Would you clear away anything that's blocking us from hearing you today so that we might hear your voice clearer than any other? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to be reading from Luke 24. The words will come up behind me. Um, but if you have a phone, you have a Bible with you, you're very welcome to turn to it. So I'm going to read from verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, bearing in mind that this is Easter Sunday. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. 
Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And, uh, and th- then the two told what, uh, what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. I, l- I just love that story. I could read it again and again and again. There's just so much in there. You know, I love the way that there's just this intimate picture of these, these two followers of Jesus walking along the road and then how Jesus comes alongside them. And I think it's a perfect picture of what prayer is. You know, prayer is a, is a journey with Jesus. It's a slowing down. It's a conversation as Jesus comes and walks alongside us. As this couple talk and they listen to Jesus, I love the way that they, they understand Scripture in a completely new way. And with, when he leaves them, as we shared last week, they said, were not our hearts, hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? I I believe that this is the kind of relationship that Jesus wants with every single one of us. One where we walk alongside him, where we can talk with him, where we can share our hearts, share everything that's broken, share everything that's good. We bring it all to him. So I guess the big question is, how can we experience this kind of relationship? How can we hear God's word in our own prayer lives? The first thing I want to say is I think it's really important that we find rhythms and a routine that works for you. Not not for me, not for the person sat next to you, but something that works for you. You know, the reality is sometimes in life, God feels near. Has anyone experienced God feeling near? Anyone felt that way? But other times, he feels incredibly distant. So the important thing is we find a rhythm where we keep showing up regardless of how we feel, regardless of what life throws at us. And when we draw near to God, as James writes, he will draw near to us. And maybe not always in dramatic, powerful ways, but if we keep showing up, if we keep responding to him in prayer, as we show up, he will show up too, and he will help us to go deeper in our relationship as we keep walking with him. I love what Peter Gregg says in that How to Hear God book. There's a line he says, the Bible is meant to be prayed and lived, not just read and understood. When we read the Bible, we're invited into conversation and prayer is our response. Our prayer lives are at their best, not when we talk to God about the big things occasionally, 
but little things continuously. In other words, it's about rhythm, isn't it? It's about keeping on going. It's about our everyday lives, bringing everything that we have. Even the things that we think, oh, God doesn't want to hear about that. He does. He wants to hear about it all. He wants us to bring it all. And so we need a rhythm where we invite God continuously into the little everyday things in our lives. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about what works for me. So for me, I always start the day with reading the Bible. So right now I'm reading the Bible through in a year. Um, and then, so that's a really helpful start for me. It's where I kind of start. It's how I kind of like align myself for the rest of my day. And there'll be other times where I'm kind of praying throughout the day. I'll keep having conversation going. One of the things that I found really helpful at the moment is I've got this devotional book of Psalms. So I'll read a Psalm and then there'll be a devotional piece after that. And it will just help me just to slow down a little bit and just to focus on, on, on God's goodness. And then when I pray, there's, a, there's an acronym that if you've read Pete Riggs' earlier book, I'm not, I'm not a salesman here, but there was an earlier book about how to pray. And, and one of the things he talks about is the acronym P-R-A-Y. And we've often talked about it here. If you've done Lectio 365, the app that you can get on your phone, it's based on this, which is in turn based on, on Lectio Divina, which we looked at in small groups last week. So the P-R-A-Y stands for pause, reflect, ask and then yield or yes. So we're going to look at a bit more of that in our small group materials this week, but I'm actually going to use that as a guide to help us to think about how we can hear God's voice in prayer this morning as well. So this encounter that we've just read that is so incredible after everything that happened that first Easter weekend, um, it's just incredible. You've got, you've got this couple who have just, their hopes have been dashed because of what Jesus, you know, we see Jesus crucified on the cross. It's Easter Sunday, but they don't know the good news yet. They're just at this kind of point of like, I mean, normally you think about Easter Saturday, this day in between, but they're there on Easter Sunday morning and they have no idea that Jesus has risen. And so they go for a walk together. They take some time to pause, to slow down. And as they intentionally slow down, they encounter Jesus as he literally comes and walks alongside them. In our own lives today, we need times when we can pause, where we can turn off, where we can put our phone in a different room, where we unplug and we slow down. See, there are so many pulls on our time and energy. There's always something to keep us entertained, to keep us busy, to keep us preoccupied and distracted that we can lose all focus on the things that are really important. So I want to tell you a little bit about my week. Earlier this week, I got to the end of the evening. I'd had a busy day, and I thought I'd done everything I needed to do. So my little happy place is I sit on my sofa, I take my glasses off, close my eyes for a moment. And as soon as I close my eyes, I remembered, oh man, I need to book an optician's point for my son, and I need to check out on the Tesco shop. So I was like, oh man, I thought I'd done everything all the jobs I thought had been done, but they hadn't. So I grabbed my phone again. I booked the optician's appointment, so I did that. And then I started checking email. Um, and then I responded to a few messages that I hadn't got to earlier in the day. Anyone? Yeah. Sound familiar? And whilst I was at it, I went on to a couple of social media feeds as well. And I wasn't really, I mean, I was just, just scrolling. I don't even know why, but you do. And then I looked up at the clock and I thought, oh, it's, it's bedtime. I need to be getting up to bed. And it wasn't until the next morning that I realized that I hadn't checked out on that Tesco shop. And I got the receipt through. All the changes that I'd made, 
It was, uh, yeah, anyway. So we got a whole bunch of stuff the next day that we didn't really need. And I was in the doghouse. You know, even when we think we've found a quiet, still moment, when we think everything is done, there are still things to be done, aren't there? So we, I, I think we need to find ways to get over that. And, and yeah, maybe, you know, actually writing a checklist or something so I actually finish the things I need to get done. I'm good at doing it through a working day, not so good sometimes at home. So we need to find ways to get over that, to write things down, to, to park our thoughts and to remember the things that we need to remember in turn that we can find spaces where we can be still and we can quiet ourselves in God's presence. So in prayer, prayer is, is a way of intentionally slowing down. It's a way of pausing and choosing to encounter Jesus. Prayer at its best, as we've said before, is an ongoing conversation where we bring the whole of us, who we are, in before God. But you might ask that question, why, why does God want the whole of me? I'm, I'm, who am I? Who am I? I'm just little Rob. You know, that's me. In 1 Peter 1.16, Peter calls us to be holy because God is holy. And I'll, 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 I'll explain why I'm sharing that. There's, there's a Catholic priest and theologian called Ronald Rollheiser. He says that to be perfect in the Hebrew mindset is simply to walk with God despite our flaws. That's what it means to be perfect. So sometimes we think, I can't be perfect, I can't be holy, because I'm, have you looked at you know, the thoughts in my head, the, the choices that I'm making? But it's walking with God despite our flaws. And I really love that. God invites us to bring ourselves as we are, in our helplessness, in our weakness, with all our imperfections and all our sin. He invites us to walk with him and to never hide away from him. God knows we make mistakes. I mean, he doesn't, you know, I mean, all all day, every day. But all he asks is that we come as we are. And we share our lives with him. And as we do that, we become changed and transformed as we become more in tune with who he is. So we pause. And then the second part of that acronym is to, is to, um, is to reflect. I love how the couple on the road to Emmaus share everything about how they're feeling. God invites us to do that. He, they share their despair. They share their brokenness. Now, I think sometimes we, we can... We can be really good at doing that in prayer. We tell God about everything that's wrong and how we want it to be fixed. But then what the couple do is they listen to what Jesus has to share. And as he unpacks the whole of Scripture, I mean, it's only seven miles, that's some pretty good Bible teaching there. They listen and they reflect on what he shares. And then they share communion together. And as they do that, that's the point of realization. They, rem- they notice, they recognize who it is that's actually sat opposite them, who they've been walking with. And their hearts were burning. You know, in life, we're surrounded by so many voices. So how, how can we recognize God's voice among and within all the others? And, and for me, it's like, how, if I'm always doing the talking, how can I listen? So we need to dial down sometimes and just to reflect and to listen to his voice. Um, I love the verse that was shared last week, but um, Andy shared this, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. So the more that we walk with Jesus, the more we understand his voice. 
the more um, we know that God's voice is the voice of someone who loves us. And he said that just a minute ago, just about, you know, if the whole of Scripture is to be summed up in one phrase, it's like, you are loved. That's it, isn't it? That's what it comes down to. We, we know that God's voice is the voice of someone who knows us intimately and calls us each by name. He calls us by name. We imagine, I think, that anyone who sees in the inside of us is going to be as disappointed as we are. You know, because we see all the messed up bits, don't we? We see all the bad thoughts. We see the anger. We see the brokenness. But God sees us just as we are and loves us all the same. And so as we pour down, as we pause and as we slow down, we reflect as we try to listen for God's voice. And then, and then we ask. We bring him our requests. It's only in that order. We do it. You know, we pause, we reflect, and then we ask. We're really good at bringing our lists, aren't we, of the things that we, we want God to get right. You know, fix my car, fix my relationships, make them well, make my kids listen to me. Now, I sense that for some of us, we really, we need to bring, uh, there's things that we need to bring before him. And there may be discernment that you need in your life right now. And so that's one of the things we're going to do in small groups this week is just to create time so that we can discern God for the things that we really need to hear him for. We bring our ask to him. So we're going to create space to do that in our small groups this week. So I'm going to leave the ask bit because I think we're pretty good at that. But we're going to jump forward to the, to the thing about yielding ourselves or saying yes to Jesus. In order to do that, I think we have to surrender our will to his. So I'm just going to unpack what I think like surrendering to God looks like. Firstly, I think it's by giving up our own wants. You know, it could be that, you know, instead of watching Netflix, we choose to be part of a small group this week. <laughs> It could be that instead of spending a few more minutes in bed this week, it's like, I'm going to get up and read the Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time with God. It could be that in, instead of fudging that question in work tomorrow when you're asked, oh, what did you get up to yesterday? You're going to blow your cover and tell people you're at church and you're a Christian and, and, you, and you can share some of your life with them. Maybe that's the thing. It's about giving up sometimes our own wants in order Uh, that God can have his way. We surrender to him. And secondly, we do that by being obedient. Now, I heard this story about a missionary in China um, last week. And as they were sharing the gospel, what they realized was that there were some issues in translation. So God the Father was fine. They had a direct translation for that in Chinese. God the Son, that was fine as well. They could do that. But there was a bit of an issue when it came to God the Holy Spirit. And so they had to come up with a a slightly alternative version. So what they came up with was resident boss. So what you had in Chinese in this particular part of China for a little while was God the Father, God the Son, and God the resident boss. And I kind of like that. Because I think in obedience, when we we give... You know, maybe you have your own resident boss at home, I don't know. But this this is about giving up our own will for the sake of the resident boss. This is about giving up ourselves. But if, to do that, we need to ask ourselves, who is really in charge? Who is really in charge? Let's be honest, for most of us, it's ourselves, isn't it? We go with the needs and the wants that we have. But I think you know, the way that we can, we, can, 
we can challenge ourselves is to let go and to let God take over. Allow the resident boss to take over in your life. And finally, I think we yield by, by waiting. By waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and meet with us, to mold us, to shape us. And I want to land with this this morning, so we've got plenty of time to, to pray for one another. Now, I want to take you a, a few verses ahead to, um, to Pentecost. This is the first time that the Holy Spirit comes. Now, if you jump a few bit verses before that, in Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus, after he had risen, told the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And they waited in that room for 10 days. Now, sometimes on a Sunday, it can feel a little bit uncomfortable if we have to wait more than two minutes. And yet the disciples waited for 10 days. So I just want to throw that out there. But sometimes we find it uncomfortable when we're just sat there waiting. But there is a sense that God will come. The Holy Spirit will come. And so we intentionally want to wait for him. And I'm not suggesting we have to wait 10 days. Our employers might get a little bit upset with that. But he will come when we wait. And sometimes it means waiting beyond our own comfort. Sometimes we need to get a little bit uncomfortable in order to see him come. Everything's going to be all right if we wait a couple of minutes longer. I know sometimes... So, okay, I'm going to sh- I wasn't intended to share this, but when I, when I first turned up at Riverside 17 years ago, I'd brought up in a, in an upbringing where it was a fairly conservative church background. I wasn't used to waiting for the Holy Spirit and things like that. So sometimes what I would do is just at that point, I would, oh, I think I need to visit the facilities at this moment. And so I would take a little walk outside in that moment rather than the discomfort of being in that moment. But what I've learned over time is that as I wait, he shows up and he comes and he meets with me in that place. And so it's, sometimes it's a choice of like holding on for a little bit longer or just, you've just got to wait. You've got to wait because he's going to come. And he's going to meet with you, and he's going to change you, and he's going to transform you. I, I was thinking about it in, in terms of, I remember years ago when my boys were just um, a little bit younger. You get to kind of October before Christmas, and they'd, I really want this Lego set. I remember one year we, got, we, we bought them a Millennium Falcon Lego set, not like the really expensive one. But it was pretty, it was pretty epic for them. And so I said, I really want the you know, I really love the Millennium Falcon. They didn't think they'd ever get it. And so, but they kept asking. I could have given to them that day because I found it on deal that day. But I didn't. You know, we held back. It's like, well, we'll have to see what happens when Christmas comes. And so they're waiting all the way through October, through November. Then Advent comes. A bit of chocolate every day. Still didn't quite, you know, appease that. But then on Christmas Day, they open it up. And they're like, wow. I, and I still remember one of my boys, I went, name and shame them but they said I never thought we'd ever get the Millennium Falcon and so there was just that expectancy of they waited they waited they waited and then the thing that they were longing for came on that day and they were absolutely blown it away we find it hard to wait don't we we're very good at queuing but we're not very good at waiting because as soon as we start queuing we get our phones out don't we so all these little moments where we used to be able to just wait and to just calm ourselves down and still us it's like oh I'll just you know I'll check out for my shop or I'll check my email or social media it's like we're not present in the moment like we used to be you see ultimately we're not waiting for an Amazon Prime delivery are we 
We're waiting for the living God. We're waiting for the living God. 